Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. <laughs> I think we timed we timed that about as well as we ever have. Yeah, again, better and better on the timing. Uh, it's really loud in my headphones, but maybe that's oh, just me. So hopefully, man. it's not blasting out the eardrums of our listeners. It seemed all right. It seemed all yeah. right to me. I'm I think right. it's just I think I've got tech problems all over the place on my end here. It's going to be exciting. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be exciting to figure this out when it's all over with. How you doing, Bjorn? I'm great, Stefan. How are you? Pretty good. Last night was the fourth advent, the I fourth believe. The fourth advent, that's right. Which I learned recently, every advent has a different thing. It's like advent of hope, advent of joy, oh, advent of it? something. But I, I think that's know. been made up because that's not how I grew up <laughs> learning it. That's been made, it's been made up, uh, unlike the rest of this whole advent situation which is etched in stone and true well but what you know you know what i'm saying like 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 advent is whatever million years old or some, it's some the crap four, the, yeah, but the but four, but so then hallmark probably came in five years ago and then said hope is this sunday joy is that sun you know oh, what i mean oh right yeah probably something like that yeah we and can you, blame not, hallmark for everything yeah i mean Advent is a bigger deal in Germany than it is here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, it doesn't really. I I I, I stopped. Um, although my children actually just informed me a couple of days ago that they're very upset with me that I stopped preparing an advent calendar for them. Well, you got to. Do a, yeah, I used to when they were little. I used to go through great trouble and have little, you know, little packets of things for twenty four days and. And I felt, I guess, that their enthusiasm was insufficient. Because <laughs> eventually, over the years, as they got older, I was like, oh, they don't seem to care. But I was informed that they do care. Well, hold so, on. What do you mean? Like, when I was a kid, an adult still, my mom would just buy the advent calendar for $3 down at CVS. Oh, the, the, the give chocolate it to me, thing. The yeah. chocolate. And every day it'd be a chocolate. And that was fun. What Do you do something else? Like, what's no, what my, do you do? In my family, it was more elaborate than that. We had, uh, uh, I guess, like my my parents had this sort of felt, this giant felt thing that was like a Santa, and he was uh, uh, gigantic, and he had twenty four pockets made out of felt that were numbered, and then there were little little things in there, and sometimes it was candy, but sometimes it would be something a little more exciting, like uh, a little toy or. Hmm. Or sometimes uh, there would be themes. I would do. Uh, um, uh, at some point, I had a, did a puzzle for each of them, and there would be some pieces every uh, every day. And so you know, it was so that's more, cool. It's more cool. creative than that. Yeah. 
We also have a giant felt thing. I'm sure when I go home tomorrow, I'll see it again. Uh, But it's a Christmas tree. And same thing. We have all the numbered pockets on the bottom, 1 through 24. But in every pocket is an ornament that you put on the tree. Oh, okay. So it's not like it's not. It sounds like yours is a variable. It sounds like he has pockets, and you can put whatever you want in the you pockets. Can put whatever. Yeah, it's like the advent cal the the DIY advent calendar. You have with us. It's pockets. the same. It's the same thing every year, and half of them are broken. So I spend them. I try to fix them because <laughs> they're it got, that thing's probably years and like it might have been from when my mom was a kid. I don't know. It's an old old thing. But but the other thing I used to do as a kid. So so there's that. Also, it's common in Germany to have an advent wreath, which is the four candles and the one in the middle yep. for, for Christmas mm-hmm. Christmas uh, Eve. Right. Uh, and then when I was a kid, I, was it the first or second advent? You have to put your sh- shoes outside of your door, and then the next day you get presents. That, that was for the. That, that was for yeah. That was for Nikolaus, right? The sixth. Saint Nicholas Tag. Saint Nicholas yeah. Tag, and that's the sixth uh, of December, which gets a little bit more attention. Yeah, you leave so, your shoes, and then Saint Nicholas fills them with something. Only dirt, if you were. Yeah, bad. for Americans. If you're not Germans, listen, this, this all makes no sense to you. But, like, uh, I would put my shoes outside my door, and the next day there'd be a present in the shoe. Yeah. Well, they do uh, the stocking. Here in America, they do the stocking thing for Christmas Eve. Yeah. Christmas Germans day, don't do stockings. Similar. We no, don't we do, do stockings. stockings. We do the St. Nicholas shoe thing. Yeah. On the yeah, and that. And then we also have to do, get together for Advent, do story time. I remember that as a kid. Now, my family stopped this years ago because, yeah, we're all older. Uh, we just we just recognize that it's thing. But what we do is is uh, Bescherung, which is German for yeah. gift, gift, gift sharing, giving, yeah, right. gift giving. Uh, we do that on the night of the twenty fourth. We don't. We twenty fifth. All the presents are done. There's no presents on the twenty fifth. Yeah, all the presents are on the night of the twenty fourth, and then the twenty fifth. You're supposed to eat with your nuclear family on Weihnachtstag, which is your regular family. And on the 26th, is called Zweiten Weihnachtstag, second Christmas day. And you're right. supposed to eat with your extended family. That's oh, how it for works. Us it was, for us, it was Christmas Eve, same, was the big gift-giving day. But we would then, for, for the, on the 25th, we would usually have uh, a bigger dinner with the extended family. Which maybe I'm, maybe it's background. Maybe I'm, we never did this. I'm just saying this is sort of what I've ne- learned. We did being a German American. We merged it. So on the night of 24th, we did gifts and crap. On the 25th, we had a nice big turkey dinner because it's America, where in Germany you eat goose or or whatever you can get your hands on. Here in the U.S., we ate turkey, and then the 26th was back to business. We didn't do second Christmas Day like you know how the yeah, Brits and same. the Canadians do Boxing Day. The Germans that was do second same. Christmas Day. That was yeah. same for us. Same for us. We wouldn't do yeah. anything special the second. Um, and we would have. My parents are not big uh, big cooks. Neither of them. So we would have a lot of non traditional. Christmas uh, meals over the years, where like what was uh, actually what what became a, a very good tradition is a Swiss dish called raclette. Do you know what that is? Oh it's yeah, like, well, cra- yeah, like it's a cheese. cheese. Mm-hmm. It's not because we're Swiss or anything. It's just because it's very very easy to prepare. You just like boil some potatoes and you slice the cheese and you get some dry <laughs> meats and make a salad and that's it. So it's kind like, of like a Central European Korean bulgogi because it's like yeah a little bit yeah the the heating there's what there's like a, a hot plate on the table and then you have these little plates that you make your yeah. own mix. You take your meat and your cheese and your whatnot and right. then you have to 
cook it right in front of you on your table. Yeah. And then when it's cooked, then you eat it. You know where they have that? They have it at the Christmas market at Bryant Park. Oh. They have a raclette really? stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's a I little different. Like I think they just sell you I gotta, I cooked gotta go cheese. Check that out. Well, like, if you go to Switzerland to a restaurant, they have like a, they have like a, a half a half a um, half a whole cheese basically over a small flame, and they just kind of yeah. scrape it off as it melts. It's pretty tasty too. But we would do the what you're describing the like individual. And I think we're going to do that in my family this year. Although my uh, um, daughter requested some, I make some steaks. So hey, that's not have, bad. We're going to do oh, a okay. steak and we're going to do a steak and raclette uh, <laughs> combo. Also, that sounds good. There's all sorts here in the states. Here in the states, I think the we'll do what tra- we want, classic tradition right? is. Well, I'm saying the tradition is ham. We never did that. And then uh, my in, not my in-laws, but my sister's in-laws, they did fish. For Christmas, which also makes sense to me. That's very Christ-like to eat fish on Christmas. Yeah. And but we ate turkey because we like turkey. But when my parents were kids, they ate goose, which is a tra- which is right. which is tra- tradition in Germany. Yeah, in, in the a- United States, goose has never been tradition. And the way it worked was the goose would hang out in my mom's bathtub, uh, so she could play with it for a little bit during the day. Uh, and then when it was time, my grandfather would knock it out, uh, kill it, cut it. You know, dress it, rip it all out, and yeah. cook it. And that's how that works. <laughs> that was not something that my parents were prepared to do any of any of those steps. Well, I'm talking this is the old days. Not my grandpa. Right, this right, is right. back in like the '60s. I'm talking the old days, and and my grandparents did not come from, you know, they were not they were not wealthy. They were not like the wealthiest people in the world. They lived a very simple life, and back then. You go to the farm, you grab a goose for Christmas, and it was the big meal, and you had to make it yourself. There's no two ways around that. Yeah. So, the old, ah, the old days. Nowadays, just go to Kroger <laughs> and buy a turkey. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what's cool? I went to Bremen for Weihnachtsmarkt like three or four years ago, and I, I saw, I always get this wrong, a Feuer Zwang Zwolle. What's that called? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, a Feuerzangenbowle. Yeah, it's like a a giant. Yeah, Yeah. all the lights are off. It's like at night. It's cold AF, and and then there's a giant sugar cane that they light up with with uh, gas or whatever. They light it up like a like a flambe, and then the the sugar burns into rum. I think right, (laughs) burns to a giant vat of rum, Uh, uh, and it's just such a cool sight. Like all the lights are off. You turn it on, it's like blue flame because it's just so hot. And then it just, raw sugar just drips into rum. And then you ladle it out of the cauldron and you drink it. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a, like a New Year's thing in my in my experience. More oh, maybe? But maybe. I just saw it at the Christkindlmark. I just saw it at the okay. Christmas market. So I assumed, hey, There's that's cool. There's also a famous German movie from, I guess, the 50s. Die Feuer called that. Called oh, really? Die and Bowler, yeah. I will put it on my Netflix list. Put it on your list, yeah. <laughs> German classics. Yeah, right after I watch Die Hard, it'll be like, well, if you like that, you'll love Feuerzang <laughs> Which we definitely have on demand here on Netflix. I bet. Yeah, I'll definitely check that. All right, cool, very cool. Well, I love Christmas. We'll talk Christmas maybe a little more next week or not. Plus, we got New Year's yeah. traditions. I also have a follow up. Remember that German pickle story I said that. 
when my, when, when uh, someone yeah, yeah, yeah. gave my mom a pickle. Well, I Googled it. It turns out that people did think it was a German tradition because an American company sold it as such, like a prank. They, like, spread that misinformation. So it is like a German-American tradition, but it also has roots in, like, a company that was making pickles, like, 100 years ago. Oh, so it's this whole crazy thing. But anyway, it's worth a Google. It's called German Christmas Pickle. And in honor of that, I put a pickle on the tree every year just because I think it's so funny. My uh, my wife decorated the tree this year without me because I was in Portland at the MLS Cup final. That's right. And uh, so she did it by herself, and I couldn't help but notice that she did not put the NYCFC ornaments on the tree <laughs> that I bought several years ago. So <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I uh, I I have not dared to ask yet. Well, you you didn't put them I up yourself. Them, I could just, just put them. On. I could just add them myself. She did a beautiful job. It looks very nice. Usually we yeah. do this together, but because you know I was uh, I was out of town, she just couldn't yeah, wait. And so anyway, there's no uh, NYCFC is not represented on our tree as <laughs> usual this year. Well, speaking of NYCFC, let's get started. We'll start with the American stuff first. We're going to talk NYCFC. We're going to talk USA Bosnia. Excellent. So let's get started with this whole City Hall celebration. People have been talking about it. Uh, You said no to a parade, I believe. And you said yes to a... I I said no? You Well, I I heard the NYCFC... Organization said no to a parade. Really? We're just going to do this... the Gotham. Well, you oh, tell me. Maybe the... I'm missing. No, something. I know you might be right. I hadn't heard this. Right. This is. Uh, I thought this was a uh, a city hall decision. That, uh, but you may be right. That, and it's COVID. This was because of COVID, or uh, um... I wish I could play the X Files theme. <laughs> do, 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 Can you do, hear do, that? Do, do, do. Can you hear that? Nope. No, I'm having problems with my drops. I'm on my drops. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. It was a a city hall thing. They had limited tickets. I think 500 people uh, got to go. I was one of them. And um, yeah, there's. uh, I think there's video of the whole thing on the website. It was. uh, um, Yes, CBS New York did a lot of good cover. I think that's like an hour long video of the whole. Yeah, thing. It's, the whole thing lasted about an hour. It was Ian Joy was the the master of ceremonies, and he cool. I like former Zampoli, former Zampoli yeah. player. He, Ian he was Joy. he was pumped. He was mm-hmm. pumped, and uh, you know, and and Mayor De Blasio was there with his, his son, uh, right? His son, yeah, Skippy. Dante, what's his name? Or Dante? I think it's Dante, right? He I, was I wish it was a, Skippy. Skippy, Skippy De Blasio. Skippy De Blasio was there. Skippy Dante De Blasio. What did Dante say? What, what did Dante he say? Did he did not. Was? He did not speak publicly. <laughs> he was wearing a scarf, though. He was actually wearing hey. gear, and he looked like he knew who people were. I don't know. Like maybe he's he a was, fan. I mean, they're actually, outgoing. They're on their way out. Enough, enough of a fan. Um, and of course, uh, the a lot of right away the supporters were, they were stadium chants throughout throughout the event periodically, uh, which De Blasio just laughed off basically did not acknowledge. Um, well, here's the re- so back in the day, NYCFC Mayor Bloomberg 
said, yes, we will build an NYCFC stadium. He was yeah. part of the NYCFC stadium team. And I always thought that was hilarious because that was announced about four months before he was supposed to step down from his post. He's yeah. like, "I'm. we are going to build a stadium. You have my support. Everyone's like, that's great, Bloomberg, but you're gone in six months. So whoever this new guy is, his support. Anyway, that was, what, eight years ago. And then de Blasio took over, and de Blasio was the anti-Bloomberg. So he just said no to a stadium. For, now, granted, it's not just his fault, but he was not pro-stadium for his eight-year term. I as, think, as I mean, I think there's, well, there's a lot. I mean, we could talk for hours yeah. about this. But, uh, but, but the, but the new guy is supposed to be pro-stadium. Was he there? Eric Adams says he Eric was Adam? not there. He was not there, mm. but he went, on, he, was on, on, he went on record for saying uh, that he is, yes. And um, it seems like... Well, I don't know. It seems like this uh, uh, this Bronx deal seems like it still could go. I think there was a lot of. I think so. Uh, there was a lot of a lot made of it being dead or not dead. I think it's just a question of this administration leaving, and this could now happen fairly quickly. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, there was talk of the stadium by the supporters and by. Brad Sims, the CEO, but de Blasio did not acknowledge it. He he talked a lot about the the mini pitches that the team has built all over the right. city, and that's a big thing that people like. F- fifty, and right? Fifty of 50, them. Fifty. They've they've finished the fifty, and they now committed to twenty six more. Um. So there's lots well, of what I will play. say. Where I used to live in Brooklyn, Sunset Park, there was two pitches in the corner there that were the neighborhood hangout. Everyone hung out there. They played soccer all day, every day, night and day. And the city didn't turn the lights on at night, so they would always play in the dark. Oh, okay. um, and literally, it was not. But it's nothing but you know, it's a very Mexican community where I lived in. Nothing but Mexican jerseys and messy jerseys. It's all you're going to see there, you know. And every day, I looked at that, thinking, I wonder if anybody is looking at this. You know what I mean? I'm wondering if there's any Red Bull or then later NYCFC scout who shows up. Like, like I would be surprised if this thing is probably full of all sorts of raw, untapped talent. Literally, it's kids that play every day, right, all day, right. every day, which is what you need in, in, in your youth. And like I said, uh, it's a dirty uh, clay uh, field. It's a dirty cement uh, soccer court attached to the elementary school or something. And people play in the dark because there's no lights for it at night. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, that's that's where you get talent. That's yeah. where you get your talent. And I'm very curious if fields like that, if there's any sort of connection to the mainstream. You know what I mean? I wonder if there's any connection at all uh, uh, to them going up to any of the academies or anything like that. I think there's limit. You know, it's it's limited. A lot of, I mean, just from my, as a, as a soccer parent, my experience is that, you know, most of the teams are, you know, are white people. Right. But there are a few, you know, there are a few uh, um, Hispanic, you know, like who, who draw a, f- a few youth setups that draw from those from those kind of communities. And, you know, they're usually pretty good. So I think it, it does happen, but it's a pretty new. I think traditionally those those communities have been pretty neglected by U.S. soccer for sure. Oh, 100 percent. And I, when I look at that and I think there's probably I mean. The, the the next Leo Messi could be one of these kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, or sure. Maybe not Leo Messi, but a, a talented kid rank is among the, these kids here. Yeah. 
The next uh, uh, Aaron Long. Ricard- the, next, the, next, uh, the, the next Sean Ricardo Davis. Pepe, the next Sean the next Davis. <laughs> no, those are suburban dudes. I'm saying the next Omer Fernandez I'm talking about. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know. I'm just, you know. So I like the fact they're building pitches. I think the youth program, they must know more about this than me. You hope that they're a little more connected to the underserved communities. Because yeah, so. kids are playing it. It's popular now. It's, pop- it's popular now than it's ever been. Yeah. So that's really fun. So that's very cool. So um, overall, would you say it was a fun event? I know well, someone it said would, Bing Bong and NYC is blue and all that crap. I mean, it was all the it was all those things. It it definitely there was a lot of potential for cringe, you know, because obviously this is an event where where you know this the sporting triumph is is used for political gain and <laughs> but uh just, just like in eastern europe <laughs> we do the same thing here just like but, all the populist leaders yeah but i'm gonna say that you know the people there was some genuine emotion you know on the part of on the part of the of the club people like brad sims i thought his speech was touching ronnie dyla almost cried again he really just is a is a lovable man who who um, just expresses himself very simply and effectively. You know, like he was uh, 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 talking about togetherness and um, anyway, it's hard to recap. But it was like I was more touched than I thought I was going to be. I will say that I That's thought good. this That's I thought good. this was uh, going to be sort of a cringe event and. Uh, the Haber cam. Haber Haber brought his camera and took selfies with De Blasio. It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, the awkward thing about it is that three people who were on the team were no longer under contract. They were cut. Were they there? Before. Those guys. They were, the they were all there. Yeah. Like, oh, well, good for them. Even though they were cut. Yeah. Before. And uh, uh, I hope, I don't know. I mean, we never yeah, they were looking. These... They were looking for jobs, right? Uh, weren't I, they? Yeah. Weren't they handing out their uh, resumes oh, at the resumes celebration? To Blasio as they were. To be like, as they were hey, I, the key to the city. Hey, I'm, av- I'm available. I'm av- I could be a Wall Street bro. I might be done with the <laughs> soccer thing. I'm good at sales. Because that's how that works. So you, you hand your resume to the mayor <laughs> and he will assign you to, to, Wall Street. Uh, to the appropriate Wall Street job. <laughs> it does, like, that's how it works in my dreams. <laughs> that's where. That's what counts. Uh, well, that's very cool. Nothing more cringing than NYCFC fans on camera saying, we've waited so long for this. I'm glad we finally got this title. It's been six years or whatever. Who and said as new- that? You're making this. No, no, it's on CBS local. It's on really? the thing. And as a New York Red Bulls fan, I can say, cry me a river. Come on. <laughs> Wait forever. Yeah, I, you, you, your not, first season was what? 2013, 2014? 2015, 2015. 2015? Wait, yeah. wait forever. Eat my butt. Come on. Six I, seasons. I, that's a that's fast. You would not find you would not hear me say that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I think I think we're very fortunate that this happened so quickly. It's lovely and uh yeah, it's um yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's not my. I don't feel like I waited so long for them. Like, oh, <laughs> because you did it. Because you did. Because you did no. not. <laughs> All right. Now today is the first day of the new 100-year curse, as NYCFC what? becomes the next Boston Red Sox. Take that back. Uh, no, never. As a New Rebels fan, I'll never take immediately. Last never. Week you were, last week you were one of us. Now that's this... true, but that was a one-day deal. It's done. Uh. 
And because that lady said we waited forever, that just emboldened me more to say to just one person, fight for. This is not a. This doesn't represent. Uh, this doesn't no. represent most of us. I think we're all. Yeah, we're all happy in a non. Uh, yeah. Not well, you do you, man, and I do me. And uh, part of me doing me was I wore a New York Red Bulls jersey to the USA Bosnia game on Saturday. Oh, I have one more. I'm sorry. Before we we talk about that game, I have one more thing to say. Just speaking of uh, um, MLS and uh, limited traditions and, you know, not knowing what they're doing there, something was going around today because you can order (laughs) – Oh right, I saw this. The, yeah. Did you say, did you see this for yeah. the uh, the the celebrate? You know, during the celebration after we won. Real quick, it's in soccer tradition. It's common to have a star over your logo if you win a title. You know. Yeah, Germany like, has four. Germany stars. has four. They used to have three, which was perfect for the flag because it was black, red, and gold. But then when they had four, they had to just turn it into a monocolor. But you know, you know, when clubs have stars, it's just common to have stars over your logo when you win. That's all I'm going right. to say. And so this was, uh, you know, somebody was handing out like little stars to for us to put on, on, on our jerseys after we won the cup. So anyway, so the, the team was wearing these uh, uh, special jerseys that said Champions 21 on the back and had the star. Uh, and so you could order these uh, um, online at post uh, post mls cup win and the first ones are arriving and they have the star over the adidas logo (laughs) so adidas is like we are the stars we are the world champion (laughs) adidas are the 2021 mls cup which is true in many ways because they are a huge huge league sponsor i mean (laughs) technically every league title is theirs and also you know when Bashi and Schweinsteiger came to Chicago? Rumors are Adidas paid his entire salary. That was an Adidas deal. Like Chicago oh, Fire right. almost had nothing. Chicago Fire almost had nothing to do with it, which I totally believe. By the way, all right. Well, it didn't uh, do them. Didn't do them that much good. No, no. You know what they did? They turned him into a center back. <laughs> Towards the end, I know. I was like, what the heck? Just hire a center back. Bashir Schweinsteiger is not a center back. Like, what? This is a, such a waste of a $5 million a year DP. But anyway, that's another story for another time. So they put the star over the Adidas put logo. The star over the Adidas logo. People are upset. And <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. Thing, and because it's supposed the to put thing, over the NYCFC logo. And because the thing, uh, the thing sold out immediately, I guess the, comp- the, the MLS shop was just like, well, we can give you your money back, but we can't really fix it. So that's pretty upsetting. You know, you know what's funny? That shirt could very well be very valuable in, Perhaps, in the future. Because yeah. it'll be like the first title, this was a... You know how stuff that are mistakes from a long time ago are like quite valuable now? Right, right, right. Uh, that, maybe that could like, be that. It seems like they did this to all of them. So Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find they, out. I'm surprised they didn't offer like... A, it's a huge F up. I don't know who did that. Like someone yeah. needs to... But like, I'm surprised they're not offering to fix any of them, or, or offering to, to to just mail out follow up jerseys or something. Fanatics, the you know the, all the MLS uh, merchandise is run by fanatics, and fanatics is a terrible company. It really stingy. Is just, yeah, they they're just it's it's a it's publicly traded. They are very profit. They're I mean you know all yeah, companies yeah. are profit oriented, but right. it's like sports team merchandise is like a license to print money you know it's like you you, yeah. you overpriced you pay overpriced rates Way too for, expensive. for shitty stuff 
I just and, spent a uh, hundred. I just spent a hundred and twenty dollars on a, a U.S. jersey because yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere, and because because they just never have the supply or an agreement or some crap. It's a jersey I like. It's the USA away jersey with the with the dark blue and red pattern, crisscross pattern. I like that. I'm trying and and I figure well, I can't find it anywhere. I guess I'll find it at the stadium at the USA Bosnia game because U.S. Soccer even emailed me and said, "Hey, we've got merch boots." And I go, I wait in line forever. I go up there. They have no jerseys. All their merch is just sweaters and scarves and hats. And I'm like, why aren't you selling jerseys? God, you can't find these jerseys. So I go on World Soccer Shop. I get a jersey. It's too expensive. It's especially seeing that next year, it's probably it's going to be obsolete in a week. You know, because it's the end right, of the year. Right, right, right. I figure I have a year-end clearance. And then I customize it, and I'm a big soccer nerd. So I customized it because, you know, I'm like, what player to pick? What player to pick? It's hard for me to pick, you know. Maybe Pulisic. I like something a little more obscure. Maybe an Adams. Maybe a retro. And yeah, then, Tyler, uh, it's like, it seems like a, seems an easy decision for you. No? No? Yeah, but no, no. I went with I went with Pattenaud. I went with Bert Pattenaud, number nine. Do you know who Pattenaud is? No. I've brought him up before on this podcast. Pat Nowd is the first oh, ever person. No, 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 1930. 1930 person. All right. Who's the first ever person to score a hat trick at a World Cup was an American named Bert Pat Nowd. He, I think he, he, he played for four games for the U.S. and scored six goals. <laughs> it was an excellent record. Wow, all right. Uh, and he, um, he uh, I, it was either between him or Joe Getjens, and I checked – I uh, checked. Uh, I did Burt Patton out. I'm going to get a Get Jens jersey one of these days because I think that's pretty cool. Put an old but retro name on a jersey. All right. Makes everybody friends. So I'm going to do that. It's coming in February because they have no stock. Wow. Oh my and it's going to take right. me two months to get it. But when I get it, I'm going to show it right here on the podcast. And I'll be very proud of my U.S. jersey. I'm excited. Speaking of numbers. So anyway, so I was at the USA Bosnia game. Yes. Are we ready to transition to USA Bosnia? Let's do it. Yeah, I, I, I was I was watching the game. There was a little kid behind me. You know what that little kid was saying over and over again when number ten had the ball? He was saying, "Go Pulisic, go, go Pulisic, Pulisic, go Pulisic." Oh man, I just kept getting disappointed when Pulisic kept getting uh, the ball taken away from. Him. Now I didn't have the heart to tell him. That our number ten that night was one Christian Roldan, Christian Roldan, because <laughs> yeah. Pulisic is in Europe. This is a domestic based squad and and a limited domestic based squad. His How domestic old was based this kid? squad. He was he was young. He was like ten or something. You know, he was you know uh, young enough to to live in that belief. And I didn't want to burst his bubble. You know, I didn't want to. He has big brothers and sisters to do that. I I just I just looked at him and be like, yeah. Go Pulisic, go right, kid. You know what I mean. I was just keeping the dream alive. I didn't want to tell him that this is not You're the like, stars he thinks that's he's Christian watching. Christian Roldan, kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to be talking about. I'm some big fat guy with a pretzel by myself, turning around and be like, "You're wrong, kid. I know the facts. I'm on forums all day." That, well, you I know. was going to say, wouldn't that be the typical U.S. men's national team <laughs> fans' response? Yep, yep. You don't I'm know better what you're than that. Talking about, kid. Yeah, That's Bill Archer. That's Bill Archer. <laughs> Bill Archer be and like, you're so stupid. You're such a stupid little kid. 
When I was 12 on the big soccer boards, one of the big, big soccer guys publicly called me out and ripped me and cyberbullied me all day on that when I was 12. And I was like, dang, these U.S. fans are toxic. Uh, It scarred me. I'll never. uh, I think I misunderstood a joke or some crap. Uh, And then he just called me an idiot. My, My username was World Football Genius. Uh, and then he said, if you're an idiot, like world football genius and blah, 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 blah. And he was like the most popular blogger on the most popular site at the time. And I'm just like, wow, that was pretty scarring for a 12 year old kid like me to go through. (laughs) Anyway, so I'll always hate that guy forever. Uh, uh, and, um, but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. I choose to be a better more positive I, I applaud yeah. you i applaud you thank for you. breaking for breaking the cycle of abuse thank you it's you know it takes it takes a little abuse to to, 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 to grow from it and learn and, and be better about it so anyway so what did the game the game was tortohosa do you want to translate tortohosa for Torta the american it's uh, it was a kind of a dud huh yeah tortohosa literally means dead pants and it just means it's a dud and the game you know there's a red card and that record you know, was uh, soft. That was a, a soft, soft. And then I missed the goal because I was filming Schinzel Boys videos at the stadium. Oh. And then I missed the goal. But I saw the replay and it was fine. Uh, in the supporters section, a bunch of Galaxy and LAFC fans were just going at it. They were just fighting each other. And the other, the rest of us had to like, be like, yo. Now they, they like- were threatening. They were threatening. They were threatening each other. It was very loud. I have some of that on video too. And, uh, and then uh, other people were like, all right, relax. It's like we're all USA fans today. Let's relax. We're all here for USA. And then the same guy started ripping apart the supporters groups. He's like, Barra Brava, you suck, or whoever. The Barra 76, you suck. And then just ripping everybody apart. Everyone had to be like, yo, relax. It was just a very toxic atmosphere. So for the second half, I left. I went to another seat somewhere else. I did the first half with the fans. Second half, I found a nice seat over by the center section by myself where... Where, you know, it was not, not as fun because they we weren't singing all those songs that half of the fans were complaining about because that's been a thing for a while, trying to get new songs. Uh, so it was just a very, to- it was a very toxic fan experience. So little, so little happiness. <laughs> I know. It's like, guys, relax. Enjoy yourself. You say, uh, Bosnians came out. They had this thing called Hardcore Bosnians on tour. So there were at least three different sections of the stadium, just Bosnians. Uh, and a li- guy Did we crashed. listen to your video? You're right. Oh, no. You're right. You know what? Here at the Schnitzel Boys, we are correspondents. We have that great correspondence from the final. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. There this place. And I just yeah. want to offer the, the correspondence quality. I want to match the same quality. So here we go. <laughs> I know. I, I know I set a really high bar with uh, my uh, report from, from the final. So we'll see. Let's see what happens here. That works? <laughs> All right. It's Stefan Schnitzel reporting to the USA Bosnia. Okay, uh, a lot of anticipation going on in the fan section. I didn't have bacon nachos, but I got this pretzel, which looks delicious. I look forward to eating it. So, other than the pretzel, there's not much to report. Von Schnitzel out for now. And there you go. That was my report. That was great. The pretzel was very good, by the way. It yeah. was salted. It was like gooey with grease. Or something. And I had a Modelo with it. It was good. Pretzel and a beer. Pretzel and a brew. Uh, and it was lovely. I really enjoyed the pretzel. 
That's wonderful. And that was my report. Those yeah. are report from the stadium. Excellent. Uh, Schnitzel report. Uh, yeah, and then, um, you know, the game was whatever. Uh, I, you know what I should have said? I got a selfie with Greg Bearhalter. I'll put that out. Oh, uh, I think yeah. that's out on the Twitter. I'll put that out on the Twitter. Uh, you can check it out on the Twitter. I but couldn't he was, believe it. I saw, the, I saw that picture. I was like, that looks like a cutout, but it was the uh, real man. I got two. I got uh, one with his eyes closed, one with his eyes open. No, I went. That so that's, So when I moved for the second half, that put me closer to the benches. Okay. And then when the game was over, I was filming Greg Bailhalter doing his post-game thing. And then he was he, he approached some fans that were a little bit in front of me to sign jerseys. And I was like, oh, here's an opportunity. So I went down there. He signed some jerseys. He took a selfie with a couple other people. And I'm like, hey, last minute for a selfie. And he's like, sure. He comes over, takes a quick uh, selfie with me, smiles. Gives me a thumbs up, and then I say good job. He's like thanks, and then he ran off in the locker room. It was a nice, it was a nice, quick, nice, positive interaction with former eighteen sixty Munchen center back Greg Berhalter. He's a likable guy. I I uh, I like Greg. I've always liked Greg. I'm not a Greg out guy. He has all the best records. Uh, we won this game, and you wouldn't know that from the response of many uh, of people in U.S. soccer. Analysts you've had, alike. You've yeah. had one of the better years in the history. We've won of all games. <laughs> we've, we've won. I think we lost one game to Panama, and then that sucked, of course. But other than that, we've won or tied all it's, of our games. It's been quite a good. It's been a pretty good year. As it's far been a pretty the, good year. Hasn't been perfect. All right. We could have beaten Jamaica. Sure. We could have beaten Panama. Sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're freaking winning, and we're winning with like hundreds of players. We have an A team, a B team, a C team, yeah. and a D team, you know, and we're winning with all of them. You uh, would think there would be. You would think that happiness would abound amongst the faithful, <laughs> but no, not so. No, no, no. In, in the U.S. soccer <laughs> section, the the club fans are fighting and funny about the music, <laughs> and then you know, but you know, I guess that's part of the magic and the cheer of being a you know U.S. soccer fan. It's part of something. <laughs> but anyway, it was a 1-0 win, and the most shocking surprise. Do we have Winalda at all? No, right? Uh, uh, I can uh, get it. Keep talking. Yeah, well. Uh, no, uh, I can't, actually. I'm it's sorry. on Twitter, right? Well, but but can... essentially, he went he went viral, and he, he retweeted us for a second, and then deleted it right away, unfortunately. Very exciting. Because one of the fun parts of the game was, a, 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 a it's not a streaker. It's a gatecrasher. What are you called when you run the field? A field runner. Well, if he's know. fully if he's uh, fully dressed, it's a yeah. He's not a streaker. Invader. Oh, it's a pitch, pitch invader. That's what I was looking invader. for. Pitch invader. Yeah. We had a pitch invader. Matt Turner was yelling at him, but a pitch invader got the ball. It's also on our Twitter. Uh, kicked it in the net. Everyone cheered. Four or five different stewards came and tackled him. And then when he stood up, everyone cheered. And then when he brought off the field, he pulled his pants down and tried to moon everybody. Oh, a little. And stupid. everyone. And everyone cheered for that. And then he walked down the thing, and everyone was cheering for him. He was a big hit. People liked the pitch invader. Uh, but anyway, I, I put that out on Twitter, and then Eric Ronaldo retweeted it and said, this is the most exciting part of the game. Uh, and then it deleted it right away. And that was probably the least, the less toxic thing he said all day because he was going back and forth. And, and I love Ronaldo. Ronaldo is one of the patron saints of this podcast. You know how we talked about patron saints like Jordan Klinsman? Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Eric Winalda is on that yeah. list. I, so I put Fonz Speckenbauer I mean, on that is, list. He is the uh, he is the um, 
So pioneer Bundesliga pioneer, player. Yeah, the trailblazer. One of the early ones. The Americans in the Bundesliga for he sure. He played. Yeah. He played for Bochum, which is a club that you and I both have. He a did. Yeah, to. had a very very bad limited, time by all but it, whatever. He, he did was not there. Like it. Yeah, but he, he was, was on there. the books, but he was there. It, it counts. He wore he he wore the ugliest jersey in the history of soccer during and that then, time. Then, we had this, this then he went to play for the San Jose Clash, which is probably an even uglier jersey. You think maybe? We'll have to compare jerseys. I don't think so. The, that Bochum Bochum had this like the sponsor that had a rainbow colored logo, and so they would keep make they would uh, make these jerseys that were half blue and half. They're pretty. They're pretty. Pretty remarkable. Anyway, when Alda yeah. lost all of his sports memorabilia in a California wildfire like two or three years ago, do you know yep. that? That jersey know. probably burned to a crisp. So I don't think he. I don't think he saved that one. I don't. I, I, <laughs> I, I hope I, so. I doubt. I doubt he'd save that one. Well, but you know what? Did lost his denim jersey probably that he scored the ninety-four goal against Switzerland in. You know, like anyway. So Eric Ronald is one of our patron saints, uh, yes. uh, and he was at the. Apparently, it was only like a section over for me. I wish I could have gotten a selfie with him too. But he mentioned that not only were the players not caring about the fans, that the United States what was his phrase? He said, he the said US, the this is show. what you get this is what you get when your whole country is a sham. <laughs> it's like yo, yo man, that's wow. You need to relax. Like I I understand you're upset, I guess. Over but like, this that's is a, a, that's it's an overreaction. Friendly, it's a friendly against Bosnia with a bunch that we of won with, with a bunch of random players who haven't played in a while. And that we won. This is, this is this is what you get when your whole country is a sham. And then like, he was the, <laughs> wow. Eric Eric needs a hug. Eric needs a hug. Eric he has been going through rough times. If you haven't followed, Eric Ronaldo has lost some family members as of late and so forth. He, has, uh, uh, he lost his father and his brother within a week, about a month ago, uh, to COVID-19. I, I don't know All if that's right. related. So our, our hearts and, 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 and thoughts go out to the Ronaldo family. It has, to be, it has to be related. That's terrible. I did not know that. I feel... Well, no, it's, I'm uh, saying it's definitely COVID-related, but I'm saying I don't know if it's related to... His mood well, today. I mean, it has you to be. It has yeah. to be related to his. Well, I think he he subsequently then he didn't really elaborate, but he he subsequently then tweeted out some clips from Aaron Sorkin. Uh, he there was a clip from a, from a, what's that Aaron Sorkin West Wing? The, the, the news, no, no, the the news show. The one sports. On I remember used to watch that sports talk or sports Jeff radio. Daniels. No, it's the one. The one Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels in it. Anyway, I, I this know. was a clip about Jeff Daniels sort of saying America is not the greatest country in the world anymore and giving reasons. I mean, basically, I think if I read his tweets correctly, his, the gist of him saying is that there is so much polarization, misinformation in the world, in, in this country now, that uh, um, we've lost uh, our togetherness. And I think he sees this play out uh, uh, in this U.S. men's national team, I guess. I mean, I still think that's a bit of a stretch. It's a I friendly it's quite against the Bosnia. Stretch. I mean, the, the stuff I was talking about ser- serves his argument. I'm in the U.S. supporter section. They're fighting each other. Yeah. And all, you know, so. No, I think that's uh, that's what he's referring to. There's not a unity, and I think there is uh, something to be... I think it's a different, I think it's a different uh, uh, issue. I don't quite agree that this is 
<laughs> it's because the country. Well, Gre- Greg and the Greg and the players seemed happy, and that's I guess the most important thing. Well, I don't know I why this whole the, country is a sham. I Parts of it the, are a sham, sure, but that's about that's any country. Well, and also uh, this team. How is the team uh, uh, representing? You know, I yeah, think I think weird. I think it's a different. I think it's a different phenomenon. I think you have this this team going from a very defined identity of always being the underdog and sort of you know being like defense first and then hope for the best on a counter and now that there's more talent and more uh, you know you're transitioning you're transitioning into an actual uh uh, playing creating possessing we had 73 percent 73 percent possession jordan morris was playing which i wanted to see he's getting back in shape he 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 was he was essentially the so as far as the game goes i I, we have the ball it was 90 minutes of jordan morris coming in and then from the inside and, and and hitting it in the center of the box that's the only thing we had uh we didn't have any other ideas than that. Like literally, I was watching, and there was a moment where Ricardo Pepe's just up alone up there, and I'm like, "Dude, quick long ball!" In my head, I'm like, "Quick long ball!" You get him on the run, and boo boo boo. Like like in my head, just being the coach, I think the goalkeeper or the defender ever had it. I'm like, "Dude, do a quick lob up to Pepe. He's got well, he's wide open." And no, that was not the game plan. That's you play not, out of the back. That's, you that's you pass it up it. Yeah. through the side to Jordan Morris. And he has to come in and kick it in the middle for Pepe to miss it. Yeah. Uh, but like but you know, a- but but Jordan Morris played. He was okay. He was pretty good. And it's good to see him playing. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess that's my point. It's like if you you don't go from you know parking a bus all game to Barcelona. No, you know, in like no. a couple of weeks, like that is a long process, and I think it doesn't mean because it just because it doesn't be- look beautiful every time does not mean the whole country is a shame. <laughs> what I will say is, with U.S. soccer, I would love to see a little more variety in your ideas. Don't forget the long ball. That's my one thing for for All just right. that's my one U.S. soccer twenty twenty one piece of wisdom from this old useless fan. Is like, hey, hey, guys, don't forget the long ball. You can do it every now and then. It doesn't have to be at the back 100% of the time. But the surprise counter, them with a the, counter and a long ball sometimes. But the counterpoint to that is like, if you're expanding your roster, if you're bringing new people in, which clearly this was an opportunity to do, you want you want to see can they function in your system? You know, yeah, and Cole it's Bassett. A friendly, it's a friendly against Bosnia. It's not like they need to. It's not like the Win- result really matters. Yeah, winner from Cole Bassett, a player I usually have to Google. Uh, and uh, 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 I would say number seven, Jesus Ferreira, really stuck out to me as having a rough game. He was easily disp- uh, dispossessed, and he's a little – the whole time, I remember throughout the game, like, who's number seven? He's having a rough game. And then I Googled it, it was Jesus Ferreira. Everyone else, like Walker Zimmerman was a rock. He's just such a great center back and really growing into being a great John Brooks replacement. Uh, because it looks like John Brooks looks might like be going bye bye. I don't know. It looks like we can't. Yeah. It might be done with John Brooks. But anyway, so that was my USA Bosnia stuff. Uh, and with, let's transition. Speak of John Brooks, it's time to, unless you have Hold any other on. thoughts, Deutschland. Deutschland. Let's head over short. to the pod. Yeah. Doesn't really, a, doesn't really have an ending. You feel like you want to. All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah here we are. Cut. 
Uh, is it time? Do you want me to do it this time to do our thing? Yeah, go for it. I will play the music though. Here we go. I'll give you the Please longer do. one. Please do. Now it's time for the German soccer rundown. All right, we had an English Woche. That's, did it stop immediately? Uh, we had an English week, uh, midweek. We had uh, Bayern beating Stuttgart 5-0, featuring German-American Malik Tillmann playing for Bayern. And, of course, Pellegrino Matarazzo on the Stuttgart coach. Köln beat Wolfsburg. Pellegrino, Köln beat Wolfsburg as their crisis continues, 3-2, with a late winner from who else but Köln legend Anthony Modest. Mainz destroyed Hatta for nothing. Armenia beat Bochum to nothing to end their lucky streak, including a puzzling gaffe from Bochum keeper Manuel Riemann. On Wednesday, Frankfurt beat Gladbach three to two to keep that crisis going. Union and Freiburg tied uh, uh, Pusha. Uh, Union and Freiburg tied 0-0. Dortmund beat 4-3 nothing. Leverkusen and Hoffenheim tied 2-2. And Ausburg tied RB Leipzig 1-1. And finally, the last match day of the year. Match day 17. That's right. Started on Friday with a textbook buy on destruction of a once again hapless Wolfsburg and John Brooks 4 to nothing. On Saturday, Union defeated Bochum 1 to nothing. Frankfurt defeated Mainz 1 to nothing. Joe Scalis Gladbach almost got away with a win. If it wasn't for a last gap equalizer from Chris Richards' Hoffenheim yep. finishing 1 to 1. Ausbeuch in fourth ended scoreless. And the two surprising results of the weekend were Armenia beating RB Leipzig 2 to nothing. Oh, maybe Jesse Mars's firing didn't solve all their problems. And Hertha defeating Dortmund three goals to two. Oh, boy. On Sunday, Freiburg beat Leverkusen two to one. And Cohn got a 1-0 victory over Matarazzo Stuttgart. 1-0 thanks to a goal by who else but Anthony club legend Anthony Modesta. And that is your German soccer rundown. Yay! Right, yeah, a lot of Very games. Nice. Two, two, nice. two, two, two match days to cover, but uh, the two, but the, the big ones. Music, the long music will last forever, <laughs> forever. Uh, it sounded a little weird in my headphones, so hopefully that was just my oh, headphones. It did? Oh, yeah, it's all good. It seems it's okay. We'll see. It's all good. We take, it's all we, good. We uh, carry our technical problems with pride. <laughs> with, with pride. One day, we'll be able to afford a person who can be our TD. Oh, but right now, it's just us. Amazing. Yeah, nice volunteer. Nice volunteer. So, as far as Germany stuff to go, oh, you know what? I'm looking at my notes. I just want to mention one quick thing that is not Germany related, but kind of German because it's in Switzerland. Oh, fuck. Jordan P. Fox scored four goals in one game. The He's P. had P. 11 Fox. goals. P. He's P. had 11 Fox. goals in Europe. All Americans combined in Europe have scored 10 goals. Jordan P. Fox by himself has scored 11. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on when it comes to our call-ups, you know. Uh, I think I think he deserves a call-up, in my opinion. I don't have... A, I don't object. I think he's in the mix. I don't think... Uh... He's, he's uh, not coming back, right? Well, I think there's people telling me he's not the right style of play and blue, blue, blah, blah, blah. He's an up top, sloppy finisher with his back to the goal. He's no Jassy Sardis. Sardis. And when Jassy Sardis came on to USA Bosnia, he got a huge ovation, by the way. 
What's the other player's got nothing. Zardus got an ovation. But it's also because he is a former Galaxy He's boy, a former right? Galaxy guy, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up. PFOC with four goals. Go PFOC. PFOC watch will continue here on the Schnitzel Boys. The Schnitzel Boys. Switzerland is German enough. It's just Süddeutschland, essentially. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, All right. Yeah, when, when Germany got eliminated in the 2018 World Cup, I'm like, well, it's time for me to start rooting for Switzerland. <laughs> Go Süddeutschland. Pretty much, uh, which I'm sure they hated. Anyway, I just want to bring up, first things first, Anthony Modest, man. You know, like, he's not Robert Lewandowski, right? He's not your big star, but talk about a freaking club player. Nobody is. is. Like, like, you know, everybody could use a player like Anthony Modest. NYCFC, New York Red Bulls. Cone got themselves a player who's been there for years, and he's just always, he's scoring all of their goals. He's just their goal scorer. uh, I think Tati Castellanos holds his own in that comparison, but okay. But I yeah, but he'll get the but the you know, but Tati Castellanos doesn't have he, he he needs a few more seasons. I mean, how many how long has Anthony Modest been with Colin? I'm gonna look it up right now. Oh yeah, yeah, no, Tati's on his way out for sure. If not this, if not in January, then this summer. For sure. Wasn't he gone over the summer too? Wasn't he supposed to be gone last summer? There was some talk. There was some talk, and then he got an extension, and then he just he decided to stay. And now he will probably leave. Right now, everything is weird still COVID-related. Right. There's not a lot of transfers going on. So he might stay till the summer, hopefully, and then we can make a run at the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. Um, this is Germany but, talk, not NYCFC talk. I'm so, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I get scared. I'm still basking, still basking in the glow of our victory. I, I would love for NYCFC to do well in the Champions League. We need MLS teams doing well in the Champions League. That's one of my favorite underrated competitions, and I oh get disappointed God. like clockwork every year. So change it up I, this year. I uh, and you know we will talk about this more when this comes around. But the, that that game. Our first game against Tigres last, well, it was just two years ago. And this was literally the last soccer game in America that happened before COVID was NYCFC playing at Red Bull Arena against Tigres. And it was just such an amazing game. We lost, unfortunately, due to a late stoppage time winner. But it was just so... But the uh, the atmosphere, you know, there were so many Tigres fans and it just felt amazing. It's so exciting. So yeah, I'm also I'm with you. I'm a Concacaf Champions League fan, but I love like that. Saying, it's great. we're talking yeah. we're talking about we're talking about Germany now. It's Germany time, Germany. So Champions Anthony League. Anthony anyway, Modest, yeah, he's been at I'm, Cologne 2015, 2017, and then since 2018, after spending some time in China that did not work out because the Chinese soccer community has essentially crumbled. If you saw that article in the Athletic, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Cologne, now he's back in Cologne, and he is just a club man, scorn for them. And I just love to see it. So that's all. I just want to. I just want to do. I just want to give a little love to Anthony yeah, Modest. Yeah. It's a shame that Stuttgart ends the season ends the first half of the season with two losses. Uh, uh, but this was a tight game. It was just like a last gasp winner. So I think Pellegrino is still Matarazzo, in good shape. So yeah, so the Schwabish, Italianish, New Jerseyer. Yeah, the relegation, the relegation battle certainly heating up, and uh, yeah, Bochum also with two losses this week, and certainly if anybody thought you know they the the, the relegation battle was over for them, I I still very much very much in it. I think. Well, Bochum points. has twenty points, right? Yeah, 
which is great. Which is great. Which before he, he, the season, as Thomas Rai said this in his post game, right. if you have told us that we'd have 20 points after 17 games, everybody would have signed on to that. And I agree. But um, yeah, essentially to stay up, you need 40 points, 20 points per half season. That's sort of the conventional wisdom. So you achieved phase one. Now do it again. Do it. Do it again. Uh, but so was that the game with Kama? No, not the other Kama. Kruse. 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 Yeah, there were some. Uh, there were some, uh, uh, some. So, so that was the Berlin Bochum game. It was a one nothing uh, game for Union, yes, right? Union, Union Berlin. Uh, one. It was a great club, by the way. Not to be unterschätzt, yeah, underestimated. They did well, and uh, they scored an early goal on the, uh, 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 and then just kind of hung on. And Bochum played pretty well. We had some chances. There was a, a hit the crossbar, and uh, and then towards the end, yeah, Union Berlin was very much under pressure and kind of um, uh, did a lot of did a fair amount of time wasting. Sami Kadira's brother kind of went down. Ronnie, Ronnie. Yeah, and and acted like he was dying, and and uh, and nice. Bochum and the Bochum fans did not enjoy this, and there were some beer cups thrown and words exchanged, and uh, Max Kruse had some things to say. Do you wanna? You wanna? Let's hear what Max Kruse. Well, and Max Kruse, is, this is a this is a new a new thing we're gonna do here on the Schnitzel Boys. If we have uh, if we have. Uh, you know, people say things that are kind of hard to translate or don't immediately translate easily. We're going to help you, help you listeners with that, with our new section called Sprachgefühl. 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 I love that drop. Is that you? Is that you over and over again? That is me. I love it. Sprachgefühl. That's such a great drop. I love it. So right now we're at Sprachgefühl. What do you have on the menu? What do you have on the menu for today, Bjorn? So we have Max Kruse here after the game. I will uh, uh, hold on. Sprachgefühl, by the way, means the instinctive intuition. Well, real quick, literally translated means speak feeling. Speak feeling or language language feeling. Language feeling. Right. But then, properly translated, it means what the spirit of what someone's trying to communicate. Pretty it's much, the, uh, yeah, it's like it's the well, just sort of an intuitive understanding of a language without knowing. Like some people, Sprachgefühl uh, uh, means that if you have a certain knowledge of a language, you can sometimes figure out what is said without actually knowing the words because you have some kind of intuition, and that's what Sprachgefühl is. Sprachgefühl. Sounds good. So here is Max Kruse after Union Berlin. He scored the he scored the one goal, scored a nice goal, uh, and that was the winner. And here he is after the game. Wo schauen Sie gerade hin? Sie gucken so gebannt ins Publikum. Yeah, Reporters asking, you're looking into the stands, uh, fascinated. What are you looking at? Sich hier schon selbst auf der and he says, oh, they're they're hitting each other. They're fighting each other uh, here in the stands. Uh, Bochum fans. Also, I, I got to say, uh, I have ne- never, rarely have I seen fans like, I, I'm sorry to say, asozial fans. He has never experienced fans quite so asozial. Okay. Um, but... 
But, ja, you know, it's not, his, it's not our problem. Ja, gut, why why, why you say that? And he says, well, it uh, just just start now, uh, even when we warm up. Asocial, so but that's not what that means. Anti, that's not what yeah. that means. Asocial yeah. is a really is a pretty strong insult. In wow. the, in I mean, asocial is sort of a catch a catch all term at any point really in German history for people who are really outside of society. Like in the Nazis, they sort of classified asocial as gypsies, right? Uh, prostitutes, L- L- LGBTQ, LGBTQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh. those were people that could be sent to the gas chamber. And since then, it's still sort of when I was a kid, asocial meant, you know, people who are who are on welfare, uh, you know, like sort of uh, um, having a lot of kids, but not holding down jobs, like really sort of derogatory. Right. It's not a it's not a word. It's not and a word Germany, Germany in general. We would, despite despite it being like you know more liberal now than it's ever been, Germany in general still has a lot of as a culture. There's a lot of cultural shame involved. In, like 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 if you're fat, that's called um, that's called citizens. Dis- no, it's called what's that called? It's called like citizens' disease or something like that. It's called like a disease. Essentially, that's considered a disease because you're taking too much. And here in the United States, you don't do whatever you want. It's a free country. So right. if someone eats himself to death, that's their right to do so. And you can judge him if you want, but it's not a cultural yeah. judgment. It's just like people can talk about it. Where in Germany, that's like uh, uh, almost illegal. It's like a civilization's yeah. conchite. Uh, 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 how do I say that? Civilization's disease. Uh, like if, luxury, if, you, if, yeah, if you eat too much or if you're taking too much, if you burn too much fuel, all that yeah. kind of crap. There's like a cultural shame towards it because you're not supposed to take you're not supposed to do too much the only yeah, reason i bring that up is because that's why and culturally they would have something like that they, they would all be like oh look at someone who's not working and living off welfare and boop boop pa pa yeah you know you're supposed, to, you're supposed to have a job retire when you're 65 pay your taxes mm-hmm. all these things if you're not doing that you're asocial yeah if you're not if you're not part of if you're not part of uh uh you know this this sort of kind of narrow image of what society is supposed to be so but i it's surprising to hear that word because it's it's just not a it's not a politically correct term so max kruse he might get fined right calling the bochum fans asocial is uh is not nice although also one has to say people shouldn't throw stuff that's bad no that's been an issue for all over the place now yeah Uh, france has been stopping a lot of their games lately due to fan Mm -hmm. violence and it's very weird. Here in the States, we're seeing too much of that. Those two dudes in Portland were arrested for throwing a beer can. And I don't know why. Maybe, maybe people are just more unruly, maybe because of COVID or something. But, yeah, like, I don't know. People need to keep to themselves a little more. Don't. There's also a, an issue. This is maybe a separate issue. But, like, people will attack fans on social media pretty aggressively. And, and social media is a direct passageway to someone. And it's like, man, that's not cool. You know, like don't like 
the, the amount the, the amount of access we have to players is second to none these days compared to what it used to be, and people are not using it right. They're 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 no, just trying to bully are. them, criticize yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, there was a big article on German news media today about all the racism going on in Belgium soccer today. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I, I guarantee you it's just a, abuse related from live fans or 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 um, social media abuse, all that kind of crap. Um, so, you know, no fighting yeah. in the stands. Come on, no guys. This fighting is, this, in the stands. This is but a message for on, Bochum and a message for the Galaxy fans. But, but yeah, also shame, don't shame use words. Shame on you, Max Kruse, calling the Bochum <laughs> fans Azotia. And also saying at the end he says oh you know these people they're you know they feel they feel big when they're when they're in the stands and then they're small again once they yeah that's a very cocky very cocky thing to say some show some contempt show some contempt for the for the paying customers here very very upper very snooty yeah Uh, and he's going to pay for that in six months time when bochum was this in berlin or in bochum no this is in bochum yeah so when when they come to berlin and, and in, in a few months' time, we'll see what happens. He thought they were they were insulting him. Now it's not. This is not going to improve. Just you wait. Just you wait. I have so one that more. Is our since we're still since we're still in the Sprachgefühl. I have one more. Do it. What do we got? Here's Christoph Kramer. Oh, hold on. I love Christoph. Christoph Kramer, famous for getting his head absolutely bashed in the 2014 World Cup yeah. final and not by, where he was. Yeah. by the Argentinian goalkeeper, right? Someone. Someone hit, yeah. just need his head 20 minutes in, and he didn't know where he was, what year it was. He and didn't he was, know where he was. He had to come off in the World Cup final, yeah, and he was very, very confused. And, uh, yeah, he's he's a refreshingly honest guy. He talks about... Uh, uh, towards the end of the the Gladbach game, um, Gladbach Wolfsburg, right? It was. And no, 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 Gladbach, no, Gladbach Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim, yeah. Where That's they got I, the last minute, uh, equal, they they got the last, last minute equalizer. Last minute equalizer, and then there were some, and then Gladbach. There was a, a perhaps a foul, and the Gladbach players really wanted a penalty kick. And this is what Christoph has to say about that. Yeah, with the foul at the end. Yeah, of course you got to try. To, you got to try to, you got to, try to, try to do something, and and uh, you know you want to see a foul. I saw a foul, but probably it wasn't one. And and you know in this situation, we want in that moment where you think shit, we just conceded again. And that's normal. Every, on, in every in every football pitch anywhere, you can you can observe this where people then in these kinds of situations try somehow to to ein Foulspiel zu schinden. He says he wants einen Elfmeter schinden. What's schinden? Yeah, that's very hard to translate. It's there's really no word for it. it to shun that, it, to to like to, no, to get rid of it. No, what it means is he wants to sell it. Basically, he wants to buy a penalty. He wants to con- he wants to sneak one past the referee. God, it's trying to sell something to the ref. He wants, he He's wants trying to, to sell, sell a false a sell, sell a false bill. A false foul, and that's yeah. what shinden means. And if meta shinden, also when you waste time at the end in Germany, that's called zeit shinden. So oh. similarly, kind of wasting time or your shithousery. time. Yeah, it's sort of shithousery. It's sort of in the shithousery uh, family. Employing, employing yeah. the dark arts, and because yeah. and usually you don't hear players 
uh, be so open about that this is this is what he's trying to do. They they just conceded another late equalizer. They're in a bad way, and he's hoping to hoping to sneak one past the referee. But well, it didn't good work. for. Oh, you mean that's what he tried to do in the game to get a winner? You're saying? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I love it. That's I love that honesty. Like, I love that honesty because a you're not Germans don't play that. Germans don't do that. That's a South America thing. That's an Italian thing. Germans don't do that. So for him to do it, at least you got to admit afterwards that you did it. Yep. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta do that because like uh, that ain't that ain't a thing they do. But Gladbach's in crisis. They 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 were on the verge of three points finally. And he lost it. Great. Let's hear that drop one more time to end this, our first ever segment of... Sprachgefühl. 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 Boom. That's a beautiful segment. And for all you German, all of you German language learners like me, you get to learn something every week. Yeah. Very cool. Today, Elfmeter Schinden and Asozial. Ich wollte yeah. Elfmeter schinden, aber die, die uh, referee war asozial. It did not. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There will not be a test on the schinden yeah. I wanted to sell a, a penalty, but the ref was asocial, if you know what I mean. He yeah. is one of those asocial types, those welfare yeah. types, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, so the two biggest scores, we'll just boil it down to the two things. Hertha beat Dortmund. There's now a nine-point gap. Erling Holland stomped off the field like a disappointed bratty two-year-old. Yeah. And there's rumors he might leave in January. He's uh, and he might even go to Bayern München to that even <laughs> for salt in the wound, which would, would be, be crazy, I think. That would be crazy. Yeah, I think Manchester City is more his, his cup of tea. And Maybe Real him. Madrid. And they, they need, need him. him. They need him too. Either him and or Tati. Tati or Holland. <laughs> you know who... Options. Do you know whose dad used to play at Manchester City? Whose dad? Erling Holland. Erling Holland's dad played for Man City. I did not know that. Erling Holland's dad and Giovanni Reina's dad both played for Manchester City mm-hmm. around the same time, but I think they just missed each other. I think Holland left when Claudio Reina came in. Uh, old Holland. And Old Holland is famous for getting into a big fight with Roy Keane, I think. That's what he's sort of famous for. Well, him and everybody else, right? Yeah, him and everybody else. But anyway, so Erling Holland to Manchester City makes sense. Uh, but uh, anyway, Dortmund lost 3-2 to to Hertha Berlin, a, t- a team that lost 4 nothing against Mainz on Wednesday in this crazy Bundesliga carousel. Uh, let's hear what Marco Rose maybe let's hear some comments from him about the game and about sort of what's been going on with Dortmund in general. Because Dortmund just haven't had the season they were kind of expecting, I would say. The first half of the season could have gone a little bit better. Well, I think I think it, everything was good until Der Klassiker, right? That's yeah, yeah. Really, that's really where things went bad for them. Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. I think let's just say they've had a bad month. I think that's Marco Rose, this was a, a, a bad turn. This game took a bad turn for you. It looked like it was already over. And then it, he, doesn't, he doesn't agree. It, uh, it was a close game. After bleeding 1-0 at halftime and in a, on a difficult pitch and difficult condition, we should, we should be able to see this out, but, but then we just give up, give up goals too easily. 
so bedingungslos, wie man das And only only late do we do we really do we really uh, um, show the engagement that uh, that should be normal for a club that has big goals. And uh, but I would see what he says that Hertha deserved to win this game. Too many individual mistakes. Um, you have a you have new interior defenders that you started today. Is that not is that not good enough against Hertha? And he says, well, if we didn't think that this would be, that this would work, we wouldn't have done it. Also, real quick, today they played the new sort of back four. Marvin Hitz, I believe, was one of the center backs, which, which I think right. really is. Right, a whole new, they, yeah. they had a whole new sort of defensive system. Just want to put that Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Right, and the reporter saying, like, well, that... It didn't did work. You, it didn't seem like this was, uh, this was working, and then... Rosa says, well, if we didn't, if we thought it wouldn't work, we wouldn't have done it. Right. We need to be quicker. We need to put more pressure on the ball and help out the people that are defending. And uh, we knew ahead of time that we were going to have a slightly different setup. But of course, we still wanted to win. This is sort of a, a thread that, that winds itself through this whole season, the reporter says. Uh, you have uh, a lot of injuries or people that are sick and you're, you're constantly having to improvise. Is, letztendlich der Grund, warum Sie jetzt is that why Bayern? you're nine Nein, points behind Bayern? And he says, no, that's not the reason. The reason is that we two are, are not consistent enough that we're not showing up consistently at a top level. Bedingungslos, the word he's using, bedingungslos, like, I guess, commitment. I think it's it's bedingungslos means without reservation. This commitment without reservation, that, that's, that's what his his team is missing. That means that we are that we are pressuring the opposition from the first minute to the last. Playing with conviction, I think is yeah. Yeah. Okay. And playing with belief and knowing that something, that things are possible and then just pressuring the, pressure, pressuring the opposition until until the opponent collapses under the pressure. And this reporter is like, well, can you, can't you get into the heads of the players <laughs> to get to get them to 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 uh, show that kind of conviction? What question is that? I know. Can you give them their nightmares <laughs> so when they wake up, they, you know? Marco Rose is like, yeah, do you want to coach them? I, I, I once saw a documentary about a businessman implanting ideas into a man who sleeps on an airplane. Can you perhaps do that? I believe it was called oh, Incepting, I believe. Yeah, yeah sorry, it's just a funny question. What is Marco Rose going to answer? It's a word. We both speak about it. It's a feeling. 
it's uh, yeah of course we talk about it but it's not it's not uh, uh, it's hard to um, put your put your hands around it it's it's a feeling and that's, that feeling you have to uh, you have to work on as a team you have to work towards and you have to have uh, a, 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 a coherent vision you have to have a shared a shared concepts and, and and every day you have to work on those behaviors and those processes that, uh, that, that can translate into the game and you have to you have tr you have you have units you have training units to train those kinds of patterns so you think you have a way to go in this regard <laughs> he says absolutely absolutely says marco rose there, he says there's a lot of potential for improvement. We are Borussia Dortmund. Before the season, we our ambition was to to make it hard for Bayern, to annoy Bayern, and um, right now we're not doing that. The nine points that you are behind are are uh, are on the road. You you're, you you're missing those on the road. You have. I guess they are, he's saying they're nine points behind them in their away record, not their home record is pretty similar. Why is it, why, is, why are the away games harder? Yeah, our fans and our stadium is a big help for us. And it's, we're missing that on the road. But the, the away games that we lost on the road, we don't have to lose them. There's like small things that come together. We have injuries. In, in Gladbach, we had an early red card. Haaland was missing for, for that game as well. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening. We we're not, we don't want to make excuses, but we, there's our, these are explanations. But what we want is unchanged and our goals are unchanged. And so we have to go back to work. So best of luck to you and lots and some uh, happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's kind of I love the whole like, why aren't you guys winning on the road? And he's like, well, it's the road. <laughs> That's it's the answer. Road. And we're not in our home fans and also a little unlucky, you know. So it's like a, a, a kind of a st stupid question, and just a an equally like corporate answer. What so is uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, if you're gonna lose somewhere, might as well be on the road. <laughs> might as well be on the road. But you know, so you know, now the alarm bells aren't ringing yet, but they just had an unfortunate month. Um, yeah, dr dropping a lot of points. And, uh, you know, a uh, 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 nine-point gap now. Hopefully have a good winter. And next season, someone's got to hit the ground running a little bit, you know. I mean, uh, the, the title race is over, right? I think so, right? Dortmund is nine points behind. Leverkusen was our next best hope. They, they're they're done, though. They, They've uh, had, tied, they're they skidding. got one point out of, out of two. That's not good enough. I think goal impact has... Bayern now with a ninety-eight point seven percent chance of winning the title. I mean, it's well, it's, well, 
It was it's too right. bad because they looked they looked uh, vulnerable this year, right? Yeah. Like it, they didn't. They lost really... against they lost against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Remember? Yeah. A month or I think it was or I think it was Gladbach, right? And now Gladbach and Wolfsburg are just skidding. Who knows when that'll end? Leverkusen looks to be the next club skidding. By the way, you know uh, they've been having a, some rough results as of late. Uh, and then and then one other great German club, the the third or the second club, depending on who you ask. Recently fired their American manager, Jesse Marsh, and hired the great Domenico Tedesco, the man who sent yeah. Schalke into the second division, I know. Uh, among the other an- things. Is he the answer? He's the answer. And RB Leipzig tied in midweek and then lost to Armenia Bielefeld this weekend. So their problems aren't solved either. Maybe do you want to see what Domenico Tedesco has to say about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hatten Sie heute eigentlich das Gefühl, dass RB Leipzig auch nur ansatzweise auf dem Weg war, ein Tor zu erzielen? I mean, you gotta love these these reporters. Because he asks, did you have at any point, did you have any kind of inkling or feeling that RB Leipzig might score a goal today? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then his answer. His answer no. is... No, <laughs> not at all. I did not have any inkling. We did not we get past zone, our opponents. We, didn't, we did not attack the zones that we wanted to attack. The crosses that we brought in were either too high or too wide. The, the, uh, the attackers couldn't get to them. The second balls we weren't there for. And then for the second, for the second goal, we have we're 11 against 10. And we play, we play the ball from outside to the inside. That's very naive. And then that's just not how you're supposed to Minzlaff Uh, this was a must victory, according to Mitzlaff, he said before the game. Mm-hmm. But it was Stattdessen this Armenia. Yeah, the passionate, a passionate Armenia. Yeah, this is this this should uh, give uh, our Bochum, my Bochum team, a little a little pause. Bielefeld, who looked like they might be the second. I mean, Fürth is. Going right, down they're, they're sure. going down. They're, Even they though they no, grabbed a point, I think they just grabbed another point. But they have uh, no, but, they have no yeah. hope. They have no hope. But uh, Ju- Ju- Julian Green has to pull a miracle, which he might. It's Christmas time for miracles, but Julian. likely not. Likely not. I think going to force going right not. back to the Bundesliga. But but, but Bielef- and Bielefeld for a time looked like they they might be the second team that kind of waves right. the white flag early, but not not so. They now uh, they got four. Uh, four points this week, right? For these, from these. Yeah, I think games. they tied in midweek, I believe, and then they won. Uh, yeah, and then the they won again. So they are definitely. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Bochum now only three points away from a relegation spot. So it's all, it's all getting a little closer again than uh, is comfortable. But well, the, the more exciting part of the table is on the bottom. We've got Stuttgart at 17, Ausbeuch at 18, Gladbach at 19, Wolfsburg at 20, Bochum at 20, yeah. Hertha at 21, and then Armenia at 16. So it's between 
11th to 17th is 21 to 16 points. It's so five points, yeah. It's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. It's it's it essentially goes up. It's 15, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 21. It just slowly works its way up, uh, and then there's a little gap, and then Bayern mentions on top. Yeah, Bayern is, top. is running away with it, but um, I mean, on the other hand, for RB Leipzig, they're, they're only f- six points away from a Champions League spot because all these other yeah. teams, these other teams can't find consistency either. The champions, the the last two Champions League spots are still very much up for grabs. Even Union Berlin is only two points behind. I would and, love for them uh, to get it because with RB Leipzig, who knows what's happening with them? I mean, it seems like the players are just a whiny bunch and they don't know what they want. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if Domenico Tedesco can pull it off. But Tedesco was such a puzzling hire. He's like one of the worst coaches in Bundesliga history because <laughs> like his one Bundesliga stint was that season in Schalke where they went on like a no-win streak forever now granted maybe that wasn't all his fault obviously Shaka had problems uh but he well, started looked, that where they had like five coaches in one season no one could do anything about it it looked like rb leipzig was was doing we're, we're doing pretty well yeah. in between and uh, yeah. sometimes no coach is the best coach and now <laughs> i think they could just coach themselves maybe we'll see we'll see but anyway I, w- I would love for an mls game to end scoreless and for the first thing, I want someone to go right up to Bruce Arena and be like, hey, Bruce, did you have any sort of feeling at all that your team was maybe ever going to score a goal today? <laughs> be like, no. And I, I would lo- I, we need a little more of that on this side of the pond, my friend. I think so. I think <laughs> these so. Report, yeah, yeah. These reporters are brazen in their questioning. So, Bruce... How come you haven't gotten in their heads yet that they're not supposed to defend so poorly? I don't, don't understand. Don't you, why don't you just tell them that you would like them yeah. to be more passionate? <laughs> Do you feel – are you not communicating? Yeah, I love it. Hey, I love not, it. What uh, – yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, so fun times in Germany. Fun times here in the U.S. As the games end, as Germany's about to go in a little bit of winter break, the U.S. is about to go into its own winter break, except for maybe camp. A much, much shorter winter break, though, I want to say. In Germany, usually it's like a month. Yeah, here. Usually just a month. And, yeah, and here, too, especially when you you win MLS Cup, it turns out your break gets very short. I don't know if you (laughs) – Well, there's two camps because there's also going to be a camp in January plus qualifiers. And then MLS starts in February. Preseason starts in a month for MLS. We have a we have a a, a Champions League game on February seventeenth. So nice. So, we're going to yeah. start training camp uh, in mid January, I believe, and it's not going to be six. It's not going to be the usual six weeks. It's going to be like no. a month or so, and then yeah, and then they're going to. So they better keep Tati and they better resign Maxi Morales for another year, or else. Uh, this could turn for us very quickly because there's well, not we, enough time to sign any any replacements. We got Lewis Morgan, so we're good to go with all our signings. And you know, you know who needs players? Charlotte FC. They have no players. They've got like five players on the books, and they start playing in less than two months yeah. or two months. So, and they also their biggest player is an aging Christian Fuchs who hasn't played since last year. They, so uh, we'll see they how Christian. They drafted Izzy Tajuri Shradi from NYCFC in the expansion draft, and then flipped him and then flipped to LAFC. Him, right? I was like, they, sh- they should have kept him. I mean, he's a great, he's a great MLS winger. I don't know. He scored a lot of goals for us, and he was very efficient. This is the, yeah. this was the thing. He would not take a lot of bad shots. He was, uh, 
Well, so, I'll t- yeah. we'll take him here at LAFC. I'm going to try to go to a lot of LAFC games next year. They'll maybe be my second club. Uh, I'll keep an eye on Charlotte. I wish them the best because I'm from North Carolina. Uh, you know, um, uh, 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 New England Revolution just got themselves a great player and Sebastian Legette. That was a really good move for them, I think. Uh, and, yeah, any other thoughts or anything other than this quick MLS transfer roundup and this is, fun time with it. Germany? That's it. All we'll right. talk about it more next week. I uh, Yeah, the Charlotte, I watched the expansion draft and the Charlotte, it, it was cringe. The Charlotte uh, uh, presentation of that whole event did not, did not inspire confidence. They have a CFO, a central fan officer. <laughs> really? Who is there to he, who was there to hype up he's hired by the team to hype up the crowd I don't know I'm not all right sure. well if they have enough money for that hopefully they have enough money for a few more players they have to do some big moves the next month a lot of Americans in Europe should be doing some moves we'd love to see Americans move but we can talk all about that next time here on the Christmas show. Our, our Christmas, Christmas show. Yes. Merry Christmas to everyone. We won't see you until afterwards. We'll have our Zweiten Weihnachtstag uh, Christmas spectacular. I guess it's the uh, third, right? Third Zwitter Weihnachtstag. Zwitter Weihnachtstag or second Boxing Day as they say it in England. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, 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 if you're listening to the podcast, write and review. Uh, if you're on YouTube, click like and subscribe and talk about something in the comments, what what kind of transfers you want to see. Uh, and, you know, send us an email, uh, pod at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook. We're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, don't be a stranger now. Come on down and say hi. Eric all right. is checking us out. You he retweeted too. us very briefly before he deleted it. But, uh, you know, we got some cool retweets coming on. Uh, anyway, uh, bis nächste Woche. Frohe Weihnachten. Merry Christmas. Tschüss.